have some fun! I know that, dude. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Hello again, everybody. What's going on, guys? How you doing? How's everything going in your land? So I certainly hope that your life is on point, that everything is going well for you. There's nothing better than than to be on top of everything, banging on all eights and you know, whatever, you know. It, it sure makes life easier. But you know, there are those that sadly, uh, it's not working out for them. And uh, we need to kind of keep in mind that they are hurting and uh, anything that we can do to um, assist you know, even if it's a, uh, a smile or acknowledgement, uh, maybe a few bucks here and there, especially at this time of the year, it needs to be acknowledged. They need to be acknowledged. So I would just offer this. Actively look for someone who might be down on their luck. Uh, you know, give them a smile, open the door, whatever it takes to, to lift their spirit one little bit, okay? The Joe Rogan experience. But I just think, um, I, I mean, this is a fucked up thing. I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but I really think we all collectively, as a species, need to emphasize and learn how to be nicer to each other. Mm. Nobody teaches you that. It's rare. They teach it to you in school, be nice. When you go to offices, there's, you know, there's certain standards of behavior that you're supposed to behave in, but there's not like an emphasis on kindness and just being friendly. Mm. And I think that, I just think as a, as a species, just the human race, especially us as Americans, because we're so goddamn competitive, gotta learn how to be nicer. I think it starts with manners. I think it starts with, I mean, as sure. a parent, manners, they seem trivial, but it creates the paradigm for nice. Yeah. Just thank you, please, hold the door, don't eat till, like, don't eat until everybody's served their food. They're all little signals to people that you care about them and respect them. Yeah. And I think it spills over and it informs your other actions when you have good manners. Right. Look people in the eye. Yeah, 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 be polite. And when people do that to you, you get a good feeling, you know? You know, when someone holds open the door for you or someone says thank you. Like, I said hi to some guy the other day. I was walking by him in the hallway of a hotel. I go, how you doing, man? And he just stared at me. And immediately I was like, what? I, I was angry. Yeah. You know, immediately, like, part of my instinct was like, fuck you, man. Yeah. And then part of me was like, that poor bastard. Right. You know, and I went with that poor bastard. Like, oh, that's his life. Right. I just said hi. Right. I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah. But he like looked at me like I was almost like I was weak for yeah. saying hi to him. Right. You know? Like, I was Dah. raised to like like if I see somebody with bags, I help them and it makes me feel fucking great. Yeah. It feels good to help people. Yeah. It and really I, does. I, and I think I was raised and that's the thing about being raised Catholic. Because I was raised very Catholic. Were you raised Catholic? I was raised Catholic to first grade. After first grade, we kind of abandoned it. Yeah. But even up until then, it, yeah. it, it's, it, it gives you a lot of, um, it's a life of service. Yeah. It's very much about helping people. It's very much, you know, you can say what you want about the Catholics, but, you know, they were in the trenches in a lot of third world countries 
nuns and mm-hmm. you know they 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 did a lot of good yeah and uh and i think that rubbed off on me my parents both always did a lot of charity work i do a lot of charity work with my kids and you know that's that's going to stay with them but they knew even then even thousands of years ago they knew there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things there's when you pick up the people's bags you feel good let's tell kids that yeah. let's teach people that you pick yeah. up the bags you feel good you hold the door open, you feel good. You help someone, you feel good. Like, okay, let's, this is obviously, we all want to feel good, right? How do we feel? Like, I, there's moments in my life where I feel terrible, where I've done something wrong, or I've fucked up something, or just failed, and I just feel terrible. And I always think when I do have that feeling, like, God, I fucking hate this feeling. Why can't I feel great? Why can't I just feel awesome right now? Well, because it didn't go well. And this is like the psychic reminder. This is that jolt of energy that's letting you know, like, hey, you went on a wrong path. You fucked up. You you tanked this. You crashed that. You did wrong. Like, you're supposed to feel like shit right. so that you don't do it again. Yeah. But conversely, when something good happens, when you help someone, when someone can't get their bag in the overhead because it's too heavy and you help them and you hand it to them, they smile at you and you smile at them, you walk off the plane, you feel good. Mm-hmm. You feel good. You got to teach that too. Like you have to remember that and you have to go, why do I feel so good? Oh, I felt so good because I helped that lady. Yeah. You know, I felt so good because I said hi to that guy and that guy said hi to me back and we looked at each other and go, you know, made some niceties or whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the joy of life right. is those friendly, fun, nice interactions with people. But when you got your shit in order, it's easier to have those experiences. When you don't, my personal experience, when I don't have my shit in order and I've made mistakes and I'm, I'm, I fucked something up, it's very hard for me to enjoy anything. Yeah. I, I just go through the motions. I just, I feel like, oh, if I have something that I fucked up and then um, I have that terrible feeling, but I have to hang out with my family and my kids, I just ride it out. Mm-hmm. I just have to ride it out. Yeah. I try to be real friendly and real sweet, but I don't feel good inside. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible. And I go, well, this is going to go away with contemplation, with understanding. It's gonna, this feeling's going to go away, but you got to ride it out. Mm-hmm. You know? And I know I can ride it out because I've rid it out, wrote it out before. Yeah. But for some people, man, they don't know what to do there. Right. They, don't, they don't know what that feeling is. They feel like this is their life. And then that feeling, if you don't conquer it, you get comfortable with it. You get used to it. You get used to failing. You get used to that terrible feeling. And then you start pouring booze on that terrible feeling. Right. Or pouring drugs or whatever. Well, it do. also becomes like uh, I was in therapy, and I remember the therapist told me that you we all have a narrative of our lives, and you can choose that narrative. It's that fucking simple. That's basically what behavioral therapy tells you, is that it's all a projection Everything in your life is a projection. You know, you say, I have these attributes, I've accomplished these things, or you can say, I lack these things and I fucked up these things. Mm. And you can live your life putting that energy out to people. And it's as simple as just literally sitting down and thinking about to see yourself Mm. and just keep keep reminding yourself of that and you'll start to live it. I mean, this sounds so fucking hokey. But it's real. But it's real. Yeah. Throw all that on top of a simple mistake, and it, and it makes it complicated. <laughs> okay, so that was obviously uh, Joe Rogan, along with comedian Greg Fitzsimmons, talking about what else? Being kind. And how easy it is to lift someone up. 
just by being kind, saying a kind word, saying hello, you know, opening a door. But, you know, Greg said something also very interesting about your own chosen uh, narrative. The the words that you speak, whether it be positive or negative, uh, if you speak those words long enough, you tend to begin to believe what you're speaking. And uh, if it's negative, uh, you still have some work to do on yourself and... Uh, I, I'm look. I'm uh, I still I'm still working on myself, but uh, we're getting better, right? So anyway, I just wanted to uh, kind of bring that to the forefront, starting out. But we got to get moving on because I've got a lot of uh, catching up to do. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. I mean, going back four months is the last time uh, we spoke, and uh, so let's go ahead and catch up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this dog is merciless, man. <laughs> oh my god, dog farts are the worst. Yeah, so this dog, <laughs> he's right underneath my feet, pretty much, and uh, he's snoring up a storm and farting in his sleep, which <laughs> I do the same thing, so. But yeah, so uh, where were we? Catching up. So it was September 22nd, the last episode I put out. That was um, just a couple of weeks after Dad passed. And, you know, I, these past few months have been just kind of dealing with that and coming to terms with it and knowing that everything is going to work out just fine. You know, Dad lived to the uh, ripe old age of 92, if I haven't mentioned it. Um, you know, he had his belief in God, and uh, that's all you can ask, you know. So, you know, you just got to keep pressing on, which I'm going to do right now. Now, in the four months that, that I've been gone, there's only been one time stamp, if you will, uh, and that was uh, Thanksgiving. Which was, you know, we had a good, um, good meal here at the, uh, oh well, dare I say, the 420 SF studio. But aside from the food, which was fantastic, by the way, um, there's also been a long-standing uh, tradition with the podcast, and that is <laughs> the uh, the telling of the story of. Backwoods Debbie. All right, and here we are back, uh, Sloppy Pod. Uh, let's see, where was I? I was uh, sharing with you uh, <laughs> a uh, uh, one of my many stories of my life, <laughs> uh, and it, it happened on Thanksgiving Day. I, th- I want to say it was 86 or 87. Uh, basically, I started dating this gal. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, uh, what I was getting into. <laughs> um, but I dated her um, shortly after making sure she was free and clear from a shoplifting incident. <laughs> what was I thinking? Ay, ay, ay. Um... But she was cute, you know, and, and, you know, 
whatever. Uh, but so I I went and I met her folks at at the house. And when I drove up, ah, uh, man, <laughs> I get shivers when I think about it. Uh, I drove up, and uh, I, 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 first of all, I wanted to just back away slowly, <laughs> but they were all out on the porch waiting for me. Um, so yeah, so I, I made. I made my way into the house, which, uh, (laughs) okay, so the house was different, okay, they poured, (laughs) they poured their own slab, uh, I did, I don't think they had an inkling of what they were doing, they just poured concrete over dirt, I'm pretty sure, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, the floor was. Um, ha- have you ever been to the Oregon, <laughs> the Oregon vortex, where things <laughs> roll uphill? Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but this floor was pretty uh, skewed, and uh, so you know you kind of walk across the living room and kind of, you know, slight upgrade to the <laughs> to the kitchen. No stairs. Just you know, it's slowly you'd you'd be walking up to the kitchen. Anyway, uh, that being said, the kitchen really didn't have much except beer, beer, and more beer. They were drinkers, boy. Ooh. Uh-huh. And so I stayed that night. Yeah, I know. I stayed that night uh, and hung out and drank some beer with Gerald. Dad of the girlfriend, or the you know, she did become my girlfriend. Uh, I can't believe that I'm even telling you this, but um, so anyway, uh, yeah, they they were just down on their luck. Okay, let's just put it that way. Um, I, I tell you what, I've got another another break. I gotta go. Uh, I'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. of war that's what I'm doing what are you doing to prepare in all seriousness though we are in trouble man our uh, our numbers are down the recruitment numbers are down and this generation coming up 
Ay, ay, ay. It's been 50 years since the United States stopped drafting citizens into military service, turning instead to an all-volunteer force. But today, there are problems recruiting the next generation. Here is CBS News national security correspondent David Martin. Not everybody gets to meet the boss their first day on the job. And raise your right hand and repeat after me. But these brand new members of the armed forces got to meet Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin as he marked a major milestone. But 50 years ago this week, the United States stopped drafting citizens into service and turned instead to an all-volunteer force. It was created at the end of the Vietnam War to replace the widely unpopular draft. But former Secretary of Defense Mark Esper says the all-volunteer force is showing its age. The all-volunteer force is on a long, slow decline due to a number of demographic and cultural trends that need to be arrested or else we will find ourselves in a tough situation uh, years down the road. According to Pentagon statistics, only one in four young Americans down to the ground. making it increasingly difficult for the military to find enough volunteers to fill the ranks. Ready, stretch! The Army has started a prep camp for those who want to join but can't meet the standards. But Corey Shockey of the American Enterprise Institute says there needs to be a more basic change. The standards that we set for admission to the military have become increasingly onerous. These recruits are going through prep camp because they failed when measured against the Army's height-to-weight chart a standard that hasn't changed in 30 years. The kinds of jobs that the military increasingly needs talent for may require different standards, and that doesn't mean lowering standards, it just means different. Defense Secretary Austin says today's all-volunteer force is the strongest military in human history. To keep it that way, he will have to welcome about 190,000 recruits into the military each year. David Martin, CBS News, the Pentagon. Like, is today the day? Like, is today the day we're all going to right. war? Like, there is a little bit of uh, Way more than ever before. I mean, what if a draft happens? Can you imagine our 18-year-olds going? Yeah, <laughs> TikTok kids getting <laughs> like drafted. Eating Tide Pods going over there. Like, Yeah, draft is a real, it would be a real issue with the morale of this country. And the, the suspicion of, like, the government doing unethical things and the trust and, and whether or not these kids could even survive. Yeah. Like, uh, just survive boot camp. Yeah. I mean, this Just is survive filling their gender. <laughs> this is the softest, the softest generation that's ever existed. It's scary. It's wild how quickly it happened. It really is wild. I mean, if this was engineered by Russia, good job. They nailed it. You fucking nailed they it. They nailed it. They turned us into such pussies. Well, first of all, I would say to the TikTok generation, the soft generation that's coming up. <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. No, none taken. <laughs> All right, so I have to say something here right now because it's, it's been on my mind. Uh, I can't let it go until I say my piece. And uh, it's, it's going to be somewhat tongue-in-cheek. 
it, it, not for real, but kind of. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. Uh, but so, there has to be some kind of change when it comes to bolstering our military recruitment. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so what what are we what are we supposed to do? Just sit on our epping hands and do nothing? Look, Biden has proven himself as a dismal leader, and thus there should be an immediate resolution to oust him and his VP Kamala Harris for being derelict in their duty. Uh, you know, if if it were a CEO of a corporation, uh, someone that inept would be shit-canned a long time ago. I'm just saying, okay? Uh, I am, however, not saying Trump is the guy. What I am saying is it's time to find a sure and steady leader for this country. I know Reagan had his issue. We all have issues, come on. But he, he was able to reach across the aisle. Of course, now, you know, it used to be you had the right and you had the left. The left was not woke. They worked with the right. The right worked with the left. We all kind of got along. But man, I'll tell you what. This woke bullshit needs to stop. It, uh, we need to reverse course. I don't know what, I don't know what that would take, you know. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off message here, but uh, we really got to get serious about this and quit fucking around. The wolf is out the door, man. Uh, I've been giving this some thought uh, and have come up with something of a, uh, dare I say, a laughable plan or idea. But here you go. Our Department of Defense goes into state prisons and begins to, quote, recruit our front line. Our prisons are loaded with big, bad mother effers, pardon the term, uh, who do nothing but pump iron in the yard. Many, uh, many whom have used a gun or perhaps something in the realm of an automatic weapon, right? We would start there. We'd commute their death sentence to life and then get them through basic training at a state-of-the-art prison training ground and let them be our first line of defense. Those who survive are given high praise for their service and for most, uh, they will have turned their life around, one can only hope. On the other hand, those who we lose in battle are given military accolades and in turn, there's no longer the perpetual gravy train. You know, one less mouth to feed. And I know that sounds cold, but, you know, we can't have people just living, you know, their life in prison. I mean, put them to good use, you know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe there could be a change of direction as far as our street crime goes, you know. But I digress. It's just a... It's just a... Uh, it's just nonsense. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, end it right there. And <laughs> we'll uh, maybe talk to you here in a minute. I'll be right back.
All right, folks, we are going to pack it in, call it good, and I'm hoping uh, that, <laughs> well, I'm hoping that next year I can offer more. I think um, my little investment in the podcast, uh, I think that's going to help immensely, and you'll see what I'm talking about uh, next year. Um, But until then, I thank you again for uh, hanging out and staying till the end. And until then, we'll see you when we see ya. See you later. Peace out. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.